You are listening to the Real Estate Growth Hackers Show. So, Richard, welcome, welcome to the uh, to the show with us. First time I've been on live at Real Estate Growth Hackers. That's true. That's true. So, uh, a little bit about Richard for you guys who don't know uh, who don't know Richard and I actually do Real Estate Growth Hackers together. I'm kind of the the face of things and and uh, quite a bit of. Uh, the real estate specific uh, expertise, let's say. Uh, but Richard and I have been in business together for, uh, how long has it been, Richard? The past 10 years 2007, or so? yeah. Yeah, yeah. so we, we've been in we've been in business together for a while. And uh, Richard Actually, and I shared- the 27th is our 10 year anniversary for business together. For it business. is August 27th, nice. 2007. Nice, so yeah, exciting stuff. But, uh, uh, but yeah, Richard and I have been in business together for, for quite a long time. Uh, so we actually do the real estate growth hackers stuff together. We do a couple other things together as well. Um, Richard is just very often behind the scenes and not out in front. Uh, so uh, uh, he, he's not he's not as well known in that brand as uh, as he is in in other places where we do business together. But uh, uh, but he's got a great expertise when it comes to uh, online marketing, uh, direct response marketing. Um, taking an expertise and turning it into uh, great content. So, so we're excited to uh, excited to be able to bring you into this one uh, to join the conversation with me, Richard. Yeah. So I guess I'm kind of the mastermind behind the structure of the content that people are getting from you. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And so, yeah. So a lot of uh, a lot of like our business automations, a lot of our um, you know webinar technology, a lot a lot of the, everything that actually makes everything work. Richard is behind, and and uh, one of the ways that Richard and I work really well together is we actually hone each other's content really well too. So uh, if either one of us is being confusing or whatnot, we tend to be able to help clarify the other person. So uh, so anyway, so that's that's Usually who Richard going is. From Zach to me though, I tend to be the more confusing one. <laughs> well, hey, you know, sometimes it works that way. But uh, uh, but anyway, so on today's episode though, Richard and I, I don't know if you actually heard this while I was. Uh, um, while I started this live, because I think you were still hopping in. Uh, but what, what I'm going to be talking about and what I'm going to bring you into the conversation on is how people can be uh, readily generating content in the real estate space that will attract buyers and sellers that, that, that people will actually like want, right? Because most people don't want to be hearing about real estate information and how the market's doing, all that kind of stuff day after day. You can't, you can't follow up with somebody as often about just general real estate information and top mortgage tips and all that kind of stuff. Because unless somebody is actively in the market right now for a real estate transaction, they don't care about that information, right? So, yeah, so this is absolutely. about the kind of this is about the kind of content and how to easily produce it and all that kind of stuff um, that people can be producing that 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 other people will actually enjoy uh, consuming uh, in, in order to uh, uh, you know have a way to follow up with with the people that. Maybe you've done business with them in the past. Um, maybe you don't know like what's going on with them anymore. Maybe you generated the lead like a couple of years ago, but it's been a while uh, since you've been able to talk to them. So these kinds of people, um, that's that's who this content's for. So does that make sense to you, Richard, is about, about what we're it talking does. about? And it's, it's one of my favorite things that you talk about in the real estate space because I think it's really, really powerful. Um, and I don't think a lot of people, um, particularly in the real estate space, know how... Um, how you can go ahead and actually like keep a conversation going over a long term so that you're just constantly in that person's mind in a positive way um, right. without, um, you know, pissing them off and getting them to leave your list or something like that. Um, and there right. are some really cool ways that you talk about doing that. Um, and 
it's I, I think the reason it's so powerful is because like one of the stats everyone knows in real estate is people buy and move every five, three to seven years. Three like, to five. Yep. Three to five years. So yep. if they're not going to buy and sell now, they're going to. If you can figure out how to follow up with them over the long term, you'll be the person they'll remember. Um, exactly. So exactly. It, you just you, you don't want to be the person for three to five years, though, that that's just constantly in the back of their mind saying, you know, in, in, in their email inbox saying, hey, here's what's going on with mortgages. And hey, here's what's you know, here's a new property that I have. Right. Because they don't care. Right. If they're not in the market for it right now, they don't care about the real estate specific stuff. So so let, let's talk a bit about what it what that looks like, what. Uh, so, so in, in this episode, what I plan to cover, I plan to cover, um, the actual content. So what people could be talking about that is, that is relevant, you know, sort of year round, any day, any time I plan to talk about that. And I plan to talk about easy ways to produce it too. Cause I know a lot of people would have a really hard time sitting down and finding the time to write these things out or, or to, to go through the process to actually do that. So, so that's, that's what we're planning on covering. So in terms of, uh, let's start with the, with the content itself. So we just covered a little bit about why this content matters, right? If you're not producing the right kind of content, people don't care to listen to it, okay? Yeah. Um, so in terms of what that content is, though, one of the things that I really uh, like as a as a way for people to uh, produce this content is, you know, real estate agents are are very well known as being people who are who who know uh, the market itself, right? Who know what's going on with the real estate market, all that kind of thing. But one other thing that real estate agents are often already really good at. And if they aren't currently, it's really easy to get good at is, is knowing what it's like to live in the city that you live in, what it's like to live in your geographic area. And this is the kind of content that's actually year round, no matter what is very worthwhile information that people will constantly be interested in. So one of the easiest ways for people to produce this kind of content is to think through somebody asked you, you know, hey, I'm brand new to this city. Where's the best place for me to get a quick bite to eat, right? Like, where, where's a where's a great place that maybe I can't find somewhere else, or that 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 is a is a nice local place that does a really good job of of you know putting together a meal locally, right? And chances are, if you're a real estate agent who's lived in your area for a while, you will have an opinion on this, right? You'll have have a recommendation. But that's the kind of content that you can actually pretty consistently put out and answer that question in different ways uh, to be able to, you know, put out information that, that that's interesting to these people. Because it'll be interesting to anybody who's potentially looking to buy. It'll be interesting to anybody who, who owns a home because, hey, they live there, right? They want to know the great place and what, what's great about them. Uh, so, yeah, that, that, that type of content works really well. What, what kind of thoughts do you I, have on, on that strategy? I have, I have two thoughts on that. Um, one is just the the marketing terminology and the psychology behind it. Um, right. In in um, in marketing circles, we call that providing the ownership experience, right? right? Because if you're trying to to sell something, people are looking to buy in the area. Being able to provide an ownership experience beforehand is that perspective right. of I've been here, I know this place, and I can pass that perspective and share it with you. It's one of the most powerful aspects of sales psychology there is. And it seems really dumb almost that just saying when someone comes in and, and says, hey, what restaurant should I check out? And you can give them a good positive recommendation for one. You immediately go up the scale in their in their minds of, you know, people who know the area. Um, Absolutely. And my, my second thought on that is is just a um, anecdote from my life. I don't know if 
our audience knows, but I've been traveling in an RV. That's where I'm at now. I'm in my little bedroom office here in my RV. Um, are you traveling on your computer currently? Or are you on your Are you on your phone? I'm just wondering how easy is it for you to to show people around? Because yeah, Richard right now is go. literally sitting so in the back. I'm like in the back I'm of his literally uh, in an RV. RV. Yeah, in a, in a little <laughs> RV. Um, in the um, and we've been traveling, and every time we go into a new city, we're generally you know we're going into WalMarts or we're going into you know the auto parts store because I got an old RV and I got to replace shit all the time, um, and right. you know going into local restaurants and stuff. And the question that I always ask people when I meet them is, "What should we visit here? What should we see? What restaurant should we check out?" Um, and the people that I remember in all the places we visit are the ones who give us good recommendations. Because right? Right. like yesterday, I was just at the auto parts store, and I talked to probably six people looking for one little part. And every one of right. them, I asked the same question. And we're in some little town, and all you know, five of the people, I'm like, eh, it's a small town. There's nothing to do. One guy, his name was Chris. I remember his name because I asked right. him what, what I should visit. And he goes, you know what? There's a really cool water hole just up the street from where we are called God's Bath. Um, and you should go take your kids there. It's really cool. Only locals know about it. You shouldn't, um, you know, you should je- definitely check that out. And he immediately, I mean, he's just an auto part sales guy, but he just like ratcheted up the list on, on, uh, you know, people that I'll remember um, because he knows a bit about the area. Um, and right. I don't know, it, there, it's just a, it's a powerful thing. It, absolutely. And, and what's great is, so you, you talked about it from the perspective of the, the ownership experience. Um, but this actually works well for the people who are, who already are owners, right? Who already live in the area, who already, who already want this information because, you know, think about it. How, how much, you know, oh, you know, actually this is a really great example. So, um, you know, anybody watching, I'm sure, um, you know, last summer you guys remember how big of a thing, uh, Pokemon go was right. And, and it's, yeah. it's actually still going, it's still around. It's not nearly as big. Um, but Pokemon Go was this huge thing. And I, Richard, I remember you specifically, you had mentioned that it was because of Pokemon Go that you discovered this like, you know, 100 year old jail or something that that, that existed. It's a 200 200 year old. And and the reality is every single one of us has things like that, right? Like, like cool things that exist in our city, in our area that we just don't know about because we haven't been exposed to them for whatever reason. And so even the people that already live in your city, you can't make the assumption that they already know about this really amazing restaurant or that they already know about this really cool thing to go and see. Like you, you can't make that assumption. And the reality is have already been to a place, even if they've already experienced it. Sometimes it's not about something being new that makes it, you know, worthwhile or powerful to them. Sometimes it's sometimes it's the confirmation that they're in the cool. Exactly. It's like, Oh yeah, I knew about that place. Yeah. I'm, I'm one of the people who already knew about that. So, so no matter what, there's just like, there's so many psychological benefits to being, you know, being that, that person who brings these, this information. And so, so let's talk a little bit about, about that content and, and how easy it, it, it could be to produce. Right. So, um, one of the things that I like to talk about and, and, you know, Richard and I are actually a really good example of this. So I find it really easy to, to get on, on video or to start talking and, and to, to create content via a very active, you know, vocal process. Whereas Richard, Richard's, you know, mode of creating content more often writing. If he wants to think something through and really get his thoughts out. We have two different styles of, of how to, you know, proactively create content. And because of that, we have two different styles of where we, where we often create content first. 
And yeah, I'm so usually starting in a mind map, for instance. Exactly, exactly. And so when when thinking about how you can go about doing um, doing this sort of, you know, this sort of co- uh, concept of creating content um, that's going to actually appeal to people that you can use in your long term follow up, all that kind of stuff. Um, I, I always like to think about it from that perspective. Am I some you know, it's a hop on a camera and and do Facebook lives, that kind of thing as a way to create content? Or am I the kind of, you know, camera, but I'm fine to talk. Like if, 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 if uh, just audios is good enough. Um, and, and for the way to do that, person who likes writing, uh, then maybe what you do is you start first by writing out some of these ideas. So you, you always start with a question of, of essentially, uh, so this, this is the easiest way to, to, to start, start with this. And here, I'm going to go ahead and throw it up on screen too, which is, you know, what, what is something useful or interesting that someone in my location would enjoy to know about, right? So you, you ask yourself that question and that, this could be a restaurant this could be a business, right? Because like one of the things that people are always looking for, they're looking for who are they going to do business with? You know, especially if they're if they're potentially, um, you know, if, if they're living in an area, who who do you recommend for garden? Who's the best and why? And people will be interested in that. Less than, you know, but it's still going to be worthwhile especially for, you know, people. Um, and so you start with that question and then you just think about what is, what is the best way for me to talk about this? Is it hopping on video? Is it doing a podcast? Is it writing a, you know, a blog article? And, and then you just hop on there and, and, and you answer that question. Does that process make sense, Richard? Am I, am I missing anything in that discussion? I have, I have some specific tools yeah, and whatnot to recommend for different parts of this, but. I would ahead. just, I, I would just, uh, you know, the structure we use for all of our content, you start with the what, mm. you know, What's something interesting and useful? Why is right. it interesting and useful? How can you find this place? Um, and you know, maybe even if it's if it's a local business, put their contact information up. You know, right. here's how you can get a hold of them. Here's how you can you know, here's where you can go. You know, if if you like you know the uh, the last bit you know if it's a local watering hole you you know like they were telling me it's best in the summer. Go check it out this right. next summer, right? Um, and just follow through the uh, follow through that content and you'll have a really solid structure to follow every time. You don't have to exactly. like come up with new stuff. Exactly. And, and yeah, we call, we call that the, so what is going to be, you know, what you're going to talk about, why is why it's important, why it matters, why people care about it. Oh, is, is essentially, you know, the process, like giving them recommendations, giving them how to get there, how to, you know, all, all that kind of information. Now is like the, the, here's what you do with this information, right? You try this, you know, like if you really want to try out this restaurant, you got to go and try their Sunday brunch. Their Sunday brunch is just killer, right? Like you may like their restaurant for other things too. That's fine. But their Sunday brunch is what you got to do. Um, yeah. like that, or like those, my favorite, kinds of my favorite uh, restaurant in where we were left from was a Mexican restaurant. There's a little hole in the wall. And my one recommendation would be avoid taco Tuesdays, right? Their taco <laughs> Tuesdays are great, but they sell, they, they prepare like 2,500 tacos the night before so they can have lines out the door and around the corner and their tacos right. are good, but I'd pay full price for them on Wednesday. Cause it's like 50 cents more <laughs> instead of waiting <laughs> two hours for them. 
<laughs> so so start start doing Taco Wednesday instead of yeah, Taco, Taco Tuesday. You, you pay an extra fifty and, cents, and you, you get all the deliciousness it. and no line. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. So th- those kinds of tips and recommendations where you're sharing information from your your own experience. So that that's the that's the actual you know what are you going to talk about? And again, you're, you you can talk about restaurants. You can talk about local businesses, right? Not not all of this has to be a super um, a super brand new interesting thing. You will have those, but the goal here is to always know that you have something else that you can talk about, right? To make it easy to to start writing a blog post, to make it easy to to hop on the mic, to make it easy to hop on camera. You want to have a very long list of potential topics and then just start going through the the topics that you want to cover right then. Does that make sense? Yeah. And one point I want to make about on that is it doesn't have to be an infinitely long list. I mean, you get to you get to point six or twelve months out. If you want to re I guarantee you everyone on your list forgot you recommended it six months ago. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, <laughs> you or, can re-recommend or, it, it. And that's the other thing too, is say you've recommended a business, but last time you talk, talk about something new they're doing for dinner, it's changed. And instead of lawn care being the thing that people need, they need, they need, what's it, what's it called? Um, somebody like clear, yeah, like clear the driveway or whatnot. I forget. There's actually like a snowblower, right? Yeah, people who do that. There you go. Um, maybe the same business does Southwesterners it. Southwesterners have no idea what to do with winter. <laughs> yeah, we lived in the Midwest for a while, but apparently it slips slips away. <laughs> um, so anyway, all those kinds of recommendations. Now, now let's talk about uh, you know how people can actually uh, make this process easy. Okay, so so let's start with video. So right now, a lot of people don't realize this, but Facebook Live. So so you have, for instance, you have you have a lot of different ways of creating video, right? You have uh, you can throw content up onto YouTube. Uh, you've got sites like Vimeo. Um, you can you can broadcast live, and lots of different sites allow you to do that now. There's Facebook allowing you to do it. YouTube. Uh, there's Periscope. I wonder if Meerkat still exists. Uh, there's Twitch. Uh, I, there's live stream, right? Like there's there's a ton of these different places where you can, you can actually broadcast live Instagram. Instagram has a live thing now, right? Um, so there are all sorts of ways that you can produce video. But one of the things that I really like uh, about, about right now doing Facebook lives is, is, is this. For one, Facebook's rewarding them, okay? Um, they tend to get better distribution in Facebook than many other things do. If you, if you, you know, take a, a blog post, and you put that up, compare that to the same exact content, but delivered via Facebook Live, the Facebook Live will generally get shown uh, way more often, right? Is that is that what you're seeing too, Richard? Yeah, um, absolutely. Facebook Live. Uh, fa- the And there's a very particular reason for that. Um, video right. is approaching something like 70% of content consumed on the internet, um, right. which is astronomically huge. Um, and it is where all of the big companies are looking to make their money. So right. Google and Facebook and YouTube and Twitter and everyone is fighting over who's going to have the best video platform. And right now, right. Um, you know, Google has the biggest search engine and Facebook has the biggest social media platform. And both of them are promoting their own video content on their platforms harder than anything else. So if you go to YouTube right. Live, your YouTube Lives will show up higher in Google search than other content that's older and more established. Um, right. And same thing on Facebook. 
Facebook live videos because they're trying to win this battle. So you can, the battle's not going to go on forever. So you can use it, use it to your advantage while it's going on. Um, Absolutely. But yeah. Yeah. So it's a great way right now to leverage these platforms. So we, I specifically, I, and this, this is just me, but I like the, the, of uh, any of the other ones right now because of the level of distribution that they have um, because uh, everybody has a Facebook. Like, I mean, it's not everybody, but it's like the same number of people who uh, <laughs> breathe oxygen. <laughs> um, not really. <laughs> it, it, it's, it, but it, it's, it's almost everybody has a Facebook page. Um, whereas not everybody is as proactive on YouTube. Not In terms of audience size, Facebook is the winner here. Um, mm-hmm. and, and you can just bet the, the amount of weight that they're going to put behind it. They already are. We're already seeing that. And so in terms of getting out there and getting the audience and, and having people easily be able to share and interact, Facebook is just killing it right now. So, so in terms of producing this content, how do you do it? Right. So, uh, what I recommend is you can literally, you can do Facebook live from your phone. Right. And you can, li- you can go in and make this just a daily habit. You go in, you try a new restaurant, right. And, one thing like like ask them what their specials are ask them what they're known for try that thing and then literally even while you're in the restaurant or while you're in your car you can be outside you can just hop on and do a facebook live and and be able to say you know hey i just got done eating at this place or hey i'm eating at this place right now look here's my food i'm this is what i'm enjoying about it and just put together some information about uh about that about that sort of stuff and be able to say you know like what's the food like? Uh, what did you like about it? Um, do you recommend people try it? Do you recommend they they try a specific dish? Um, if you already know the restaurant, then you probably have some more that you can bring to it. If it's a brand new restaurant, the perspective of somebody coming in there new, right? And, and you can do this literally day after day after day, um, whether it's a restaurant or uh, you know a, a, a niche bookstore, yeah, wh- whatever it is, something something entertaining, something to do. Um, yeah, it, uh, hiking trail. That's a great example of, of something that, that you could just go out and do and you'd say, hey, I'm hiking out here at this trail at this park. Um, you know, it's completely free. Uh, here's some of the beautiful views I'm seeing. You know, I'd really recommend if you haven't, if you're an outdoorsy person and, and you haven't gotten the chance to come out here and do this, you know, I highly recommend it. And and, and you could literally, you could do that on a Facebook Live. Um, another way that that's really good to do this sort of content is to is to do this sort of uh and I are not in the same location. Uh, Richard, wait, like you're in, are you still in like Northern California somewhere? I am in Sonoma, California, which is just down the street from where the first gold was discovered. Okay. Well, there you go. So, so Richard is experiencing his own gold rush right now. Um, yep. But, uh, but we're not in the same location. We're using a, a software tool called BeLive.tv uh, in order to do a Facebook live style interview. But if, if you're not able to do that, you don't like don't let that hold you back. You can literally, you know, you can you can go and find like a tripod uh, setup that works for your phone. Uh, so you get like a little phone mount for a tripod, and you can literally you can use your phone and do an interview live in person with a, with a restaurant owner and ask the restaurants like you know why did you get into business and what are some of your your favorite dishes. Um, why do you like them? Why do people like them? What, what makes you special? And you can have a five to 10 minute conversation that people will find interesting, will find useful and is a great way, uh, to be able to, uh, 
uh, create some content with with that restaurant owner, and you can do that all lot, you know, all live on on something like Facebook Live. Um, so I just mentioned BeLive.tv. That's a, that's a cool tool that we've been using. Um, but like, uh, honestly, just getting out there, getting started, is a great way to get into the uh, into the live side of things. Uh, any anything else on the, uh, on the live front, Richard? That, yeah, that you'd recommend? Show you a little uh, camera. This has got a GoPro attached to it, but it's just a little tripod, and it pops open. So right. you can put your cell phone on it. Just get a little cell phone mount on it. Um, I think this and, was like ten dollars at Best Buy. Yeah, and and like one of those is going to be like a desktop tripod that you could set on the table. Most of these places are going to have some place where you can like sit behind a desk or something, or you know have a table. So you don't even have to have like a massive fancy tripod. Just something simple that lets you set set it up and and start the feed and go live. Um, now, the, one of the key things to, to, to doing the Facebook Lives, you're going to get better results if you can do it at a cons- consistent time if possible. But if you can't, don't let that hold you up. Just get out there, start doing it, start creating the content, and you can always leverage it out further. Um, but if you are able to kind of put together a consistent schedule, uh, people will more likely start watching those with you. Um, so I, w- I want to make sure um, people catch the point here, too. One of the reasons why you're doing the creating the content on Facebook Live is right. that it's going to have the additional benefit of being able to increase your audience, right? right? So you're using Facebook Live as a way to create content to send to your audience right? Um, and build an autoresponder for the future. But by creating it on a platform like Facebook Live, um, when you first do it, you're going to have the added benefit of Facebook's going to show your content to people and you'll have more people start to join. Yeah, and, and the, part of the reason why we also specifically talk about um, reaching out to like restaurants and businesses is that they often already have a customer list. They often already have a group of people that are doing business with them. And if, if you talk about these businesses positively, favorably, and make them look good, um, and, and again, do this honestly, like you have to actually like the businesses. I, I would never recommend giving a positive review to a business that you don't recommend people you know go to. Um, but uh when you do this, they will often be interested in wanting to share that content as well, right? Because it makes them look good. So they share it back out to their audience. You get some free exposure. You get the ability to, you know, to, to grow your audience via that specific channel as well. So, um, now, now again, Facebook Live, one of the reasons why we like it is because Facebook these people to share it as well. They'll have a post that they can use that they can share uh, and do that kind of thing. Um, now, uh, let, let's talk about let's talk about podcasting. So I want to ask you one quick question on the actual content portion. We talked about the what, why, how now for like the the inside of your content. Do you recommend sandwich that content with some sort of like, here's who I am, why I'm creating this video and like a call action where they can, you know, follow up with the agent if they want more information. I don't recommend doing that on this type of content. No, I I do. So uh, what I would say is, is you're going to have a couple of different, kinds of content that you're going to do on this um, or uh, calls to action. So first off, you're going to want to have a here. Here's what we do on this show. If you want more of this kind of content, I recommend you click, you know, click follow. I recommend you subscribe to see more of this um, because that's going to be the most. most That's like a soft call to action. Yeah. A really soft one. Just get, get more of this. I, I do these shows every day. I do this show at this time, this day of the week, that kind of information. So you start to, um, secondary, more hard to calls to action are going to be like opt in to get, um, you know, this specific, uh, you know, benefit. Like, so as a real estate agent, what I would recommend is, you know, you're going to have two different ways of doing this. 
Um, for one, it could be just a slightly softer thing where it's like, you know, hey, uh, you know, we do this show. I'm actually a local real estate agent. Uh, and the reason why I do this show is because I, I love this city and I love the people in it and I love the businesses in it. And I get questions all the time about the, the best places to do this. So I put out the show as a result of that. But my my primary uh, job where I really, you know, make make, you know, make my impact in the city is I help people buy and sell real estate. So if you are looking to do a real estate transaction in XYZ City, USA, you know, feel free to reach out to me. My phone number is, you know, 555-1234. That's 555-1234. Or you can find me at mywebsite.com. Um and and you could do a call to action like that, and and that's that's a it's still a somewhat soft call to action because you're sort of saying here's a little bit more context, here's the background for this. That that's some of how you can see business off of it. Um, the other thing that you can do is you can have uh, a little bit harder call specific. It's going to appeal to less people, um, but the people that it appeals to will will work really readily for. Um, and that would be something like you know, hey, as a side note. Uh, you know, so we, we were just talking about this business, but uh, right now in the market, we've got something really cool going on. There's this this loan program that makes it so that you are able to get into a house potentially with no money down. If you are interested in something like that, give me a call. I'd love to talk you through it and see if this is something that would work for you if you qualify. Um, it's absolutely no cost for me to go over that information and see if this is a fit. If you want more of that information, call me at one two three four five six seven eight nine. That number again is one two three four five seven six seven eight nine. Um, or you can uh, email me at my name at website.com. Um, and so, so that's a little bit harder of a call to action. It's not going to appeal to people as readily. So I wouldn't recommend doing that. Like that shouldn't be your show. only call to action. Yeah. yeah. And, and it shouldn't be your only call to action um, because most of the people listening will not be interested other than um, real estate specific content. Uh, because most people are not going to be interested in it. But if, if, if you have something that's really impressive, really exciting that you, that you can get people to reach out to you for, then it, then it is a good opportunity. to uh, almost like a PS, right? Like you've talked about the other stuff, you've delivered the value. And now it's just like, you know, a bit of, you know, word from our sponsors. <laughs> hey, one more question on the valuable content. We talked yeah. a lot about businesses and places to visit and, you know, things to do in the town. What about for those real estate agents that, you know, run across a really cool listing that they're doing an open house for? Would it be legit to hop on and, and do your show this week and be like, hey, I'm sitting in this really cool mansion. We're doing an open house this week. I just want to give you a tour of this house and have that be their, their episode for that week. Because I know I like to see the cool houses in my town. I'm not sure if right. I fit for this type of content or not, but. You know, it, it really depends. So, I mean, I, I, I would I would just be worried. Um, if, if we recommend it, that people are going to do the same thing that they already, already always do, which is showing the same cookie cutter houses that everybody has, that everybody sees and that nobody else cares about, right? Like if, if you, if, if that's, yeah. what's going to be going on, then, then it's, it, then it's not justified. It doesn't make sense. Nobody can, honestly, the only people who care about your listings are the people who are potentially looking to buy. Like that's mm -hmm. who cares. So it, you, like you can use them and, and they do have their, their certain, their certain place. Um, but if, if you're going to do content like this, it, it, it has to be um, like, if you're going to do the listing style content, it, it does, it needs to be more on par with like MTV cribs. And, and I, I don't mean in, in terms of like um, it doesn't need to be that fully produced, but it needs to be that kind of interesting quality house, right? Like there has to be something so like super in, interesting about it. 
in the town I was in, we had like, you know, 95% of the market was your cookie cutter stamped out houses. And then they had right. a luxury community up in the hills. And all those houses are like custom and like have stories for everything all the way down to like where the tile was shipped in from. Um, right. So if you have one of those listings, that might be worth hopping on and doing a video for. But if you're one of the cookie cutter stamp houses, not really worth it. Yeah, yeah. And and even with that, I would still like it, it, like this type of content. I wouldn't do a show that is wholly houses, even if they're interesting. I, I, interesting, I wouldn't yeah. do a show that way um, because more and more people are just like – there's only so many things that you could say about a house that's going to be interesting. And, and mm-hmm. it, you're going to have a hard, like if, if you feel like I'm going to go out and do a show, that's just all houses. Eh, you're probably going to have a hard time, right? Like even HGTV, like when they're going through and, and doing like these shows where they're showing different houses, sure. They're showing different things about the houses. Most of the houses are pretty much the same. Um, the thing that makes it interesting is the story is they're helping somebody find the house. They're, they're bringing you into the story of that process. It's not just, all houses all the time. It's the stories around the houses. So the people that are buying them and what they're looking for and how their family's going to fit in and that kind of stuff. Exactly. Exactly. So, so you can, you can produce some interesting content using listings and homes and that kind of thing, but it's, it's not going to be, don't, don't make it all your content. I don't think it'll work well. Um, And really reserve it for those very interesting properties. Don't use it as just another opportunity to promote a listing. You just took use it, only use it for the, the homes that are interesting. Now, should you promote the properties that, that you get as listings? Absolutely. Just it, it's it's not the kind of content that I think makes sense for your like for your show. Your follow up in your show. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, I I, th- I think I think we covered the content pretty well. We talked about some of the calls to action. We talked about some of what you're going to be doing. Um, so, so, uh, so again, we, we, you know, we mentioned in terms of the, this content, you're going to have a few different sorts of things that you could do. If you're going to be like showing like hiking trails and that kind of thing, you're probably not going to have as many places where you can reach out and have them promote it for you. Right. You might, if you do some research, you might be able to find like some hiking groups or that kind of thing. And you might be able to like promote out through something like that. Um, but those ones, you're, those ones are going to be more just for the entertaining content. Uh, whereas if you, if you do, uh, restaurants and businesses, now you have the ability, these people might actually take and amplify your message for you for free. So it's good to have a blend of these. Um, it would be hard, harder, I think, to grow an audience 100% with just the hiking. Have to, you're going to have to really appeal to that specific audience. Um, but hey, if that's your thing, and if you could do that passionately day after day, if you could do it day after day, you're probably still going to build an audience. So um, there is something to be said about that. Uh, anyway, so let, let's go ahead and dive into the next part. Let's talk about how to how to easily podcast, okay? And so uh, for one thing, it's worth noting, doing these Facebook Lives can actually be an incredibly easy way to start podcasting. So don't don't think it's like one or the other. You can create this kind of content and, uh, and then strip out the video and turn them into a podcast as well. But if you're the kind of person who doesn't want to hop onto onto the uh, onto the video, um, then you can actually get started very for, easily. For Go those ahead. of us who are uninitiated, what's a podcast? Yeah, so a podcast is uh, very simply, um, it, it's like a, a listen to through your live. It's generally um, uh, delivered kind of the same way as as like a blog where the where the content is 
is fed to you an episode at a time. You download it, you listen to it on your phone or or back in the old days. The reason why it's called a, a podcast is because they were uh, put out um, for like for the iPod. Yeah. Um, um, what's interesting about that too, it is the only form of audio communication that is growing. Um, and it's yeah. not just growing a little bit. It's growing by like 25% a year. Um, and right. it's becoming rapidly one of the largest consumed pieces of audio content in the world. And there's more and more people that are skipping listening to the radio in their car so they can listen to podcasts um, in their car on the way to work and traffic and stuff like that. Um, And traditional radio is losing out to the podcast. So um, it's a big, important um, aspect of media right now. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And and it has a ton of benefits. One of the benefits being... um, so, like, if somebody is reading your blog article, they're probably skipping start to finish. The number of people who actually fully read a blog article is is minuscule compared to the number of people who might even be exposed to it. Um, with uh, you get you get one of the same benefits with audio that you do with video, uh, which is that people aren't generally skipping around. They're they're often listening start to finish. They're either they're either listening to the whole thing or they're not listening to it at all. That that's that's kind of the way that it works. Um, You don't have people like skipping through it. Uh, So people get exposed to that whole message, everything that you're talking about through the whole thing. This is, and this again, this is both video and podcasting. Um, What's nice about podcasting though, is you actually, uh, when when somebody's sitting there and listening to something, that that audio, the way that it enters the brain, uh, and I'm not, I'm not a scientist. uh, So I don't, I don't actually know this for, for sure, but I've I've heard other people talk about it and, and intuitively it made sense to me. Um, but it, it, it's it almost sits in your brain in the same way that like your own thoughts do, right? Where it's it it it, it passes through where it doesn't feel like an external thing. It feels like like you talking to yourself when you're listening to these to these podcasts. And so the level of connection that you're able to make with people via they get to feel like they really know you. They get to the, the trust level just goes through the roof. Um, and so there, there's there's it's a really good way to connect with people. Um, you know, over time where, where it starts to become one of these things where you get a podcast listener and sure it's, it may not like immediately every episode turns into phone calls, but if you get a, you get a podcast listener over the period, you know, over a period of time, like you are going to be the only person they consider doing business with as long as they know that you do real estate because I have, I have some like evidence of that being true. Um, one of my clients who um, I no longer work with, but, um, it, he had both a YouTube channel, and a podcast YouTube channel right. is generally five those like these Facebook live stuff and his podcast a little bit longer more in depth um, he did separate content you could use the same content for both and just strip the audio out um, right but he did uh, coaching one of the things that he sold was coaching and he made the offer to do coaching on both his videos and his audios he made 90% of his his podcast audience which was a fraction of the size we're talking maybe a tenth right. or a 15 um, because the intimacy level of a podcast is just insanely higher. Um, and right. part of it's, I'm not sure, again, I'm not the scientist either, but when someone is just talking in your head, <laughs> right. um, it's very intimate. Right. And it builds relationships quickly. Yeah. And, and it's and it's interesting because, you know, they say like in terms of communication that more more is conveyed over uh, – um, you know, with, with, with body language and whatnot that, you know, the, like whatever people are talking about this, they talk about like the more uh, interactive that you can kind of make communication, the better if somebody's just listening to you compared to watching you. But yeah, I've kind of seen the same thing. It's, 
that's not 100% the case. And, and maybe it's more a matter of exposure um, because you may get, you may get, you know, in terms of like number of subscribers or whatnot on YouTube, you may have like a few thousand, but in terms of the number of people who are actually watching each and every video, it's like maybe a few hundred. And out of those hundred, maybe not all of them are watching all the way through. And you'll very rarely have somebody who will listen to like an hour long video. Whereas hour long podcasts are not at all uncommon. And because people are listening to them during their commute, right? Like you listen to it while you're working during out. That, while you're doing yeah, chores, you, while you're washing dishes. Exactly. You listen to it. You can, during you can do it time. while doing other things. Because with exactly. video, you have to you have to give it your attention. Um, right. You have to podcasting, sit there and you don't it. have to give your attention. You can just have it in your head. Exactly. And so so anyway, podcasting is just it's it's a it's a really great um, you know, platform to use, but let, let's talk about how to do it easily. Cause the reality is, you know, there's, there's a really big reason why most people don't get into podcasting, right? Like knowing how to set up a podcast is like, it, it's, 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 it's a, it's a bigger obstacle for a lot of people, right? Cause like, Here, I can, I can give you, I can like, give you the, yeah, uh, the steps, the steps for setting up a podcast are going to iTunes, setting up an iTunes account, figuring out where the uh, show is <laughs> like you go through all these things. Um, you have to know what a podcast feed is. You have to know how to host. By the time you're done, your head hurts. Yeah, exactly. So, so normally podcasting is, is a very complicated thing, but uh, I've got a way that I recently discovered that makes this super, super easy. Now it has some drawbacks, but I'm, I'm the kind of person I think, up is way more powerful than doing something perfectly the first time. And so what, what this is, is it's, it's an, it's an app. It's called anchor and you can actually get this app on, on your phone. You can get it. It's uh, both for, uh, for Android and iOS. I think that's all, all that they have uh, here. Let me see anchor. Uh, no, that's an N in there. There we go, Anchor. And so what, what Anchor, well, let's talk a little bit about what Anchor used to be, just so that people, in case anybody already had experience with, like I did, and I don't know if you did, Richard, but I, I played with it before it changed into what it is. Um, but Anchor, what it tried to be was almost like, so like they tried to make it like an easy way to put out the equivalent of like a tweet, but it's you talking. And you can engage with people and like create audios back and forth. And like it created this stream of like a conversation. It was, it was an interesting thing, but like, I, I couldn't see anybody Nobody really engaging. Yeah. I couldn't see a uh, big enough people engaging with it because it, 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 it suffered from the same thing. Like the, the network effect has, which is in order for like valuable is because it has the network. It comes from having a network. Um, and so you have to answer some other questions first. A Anchor suffered for that from that problem in terms of there wasn't a something else to me. Like, would it be worthwhile? It had a big, ne big network, sure, but it didn't, and they needed to grow it. And so anyway, so but now I feel like they've solved that problem. And, and uh, what they've done is they've changed it from being this social networking platform by itself, which it actually still somewhat is, um, to being a really easy way to put together a podcast. And so just with your phone, you can you can pick up your phone. And you can 
You can like intro your show. You can put together quick segments and you can stream them together into these episodes and then very easily select these different aspects of your show. Um, and, and like it has. So like, you know, like, like something that kind of leading that sort of transitions from whatever you just said into the next thing, all that kind of stuff. Um, it, it lets you do sound, you know, sound bed music. So like something that's just there while you're talking, it makes, it makes the, professional appearance just that much higher um and, and all of this for free and then you could select these different clips and turn them into an episode and that automatically gets added to itunes it gets added to the google play store it gets added to stores uh you know podcast directories like overcast um and and makes it so that from your phone and 100 percent from your phone you could produce a really high level podcast um and like, it's, it's super simple to do. It's the kind of thing where literally you can, you know, we, like we just talked about the whole restaurant idea. You could, you could go to the restaurant and then like go to your car and just sitting in your car on your phone, produce the podcast episode, right? Like, like you don't have to go to your computer. You don't have to do anything else. You get it 100% from your phone. I've been doing these things uh, on anchor and producing my own podcast through it. And like being 100% accurate and literal, uh, I think total investment of about a half an hour in terms of creating a podcast that that's creating the content, publishing the content, promoting the content. And I've got a, I've got a podcast to together. Yeah. With, with the, with the professional 30 minutes and like, like literally I, I'm doing it here from my, you know, from my home office, but like nothing about what I'm doing couldn't be done from a car or couldn't be done like while you're out hiking or yeah, anything like that. So anyway, anchor. Yeah. It's, it's one of the things that I really, re really recommending right now to make it easy. Now let's talk, let's first off any, anything on that, on that front, uh, what I'm about to get into is some of the downsides, anything that I'm missing though on, on in talking about this. I has produced a couple of podcasts in the past. Um, I can tell you, that being able to go from start to done and that includes the promotion and the distribution and having it all up there in 30 minutes is insane. Right. Um, it's insane. Like I, I don't quite know how to, unless you've done it before, um, that should blow your mind um, right. because producing a podcast the way that um, we used to do it um, before tools like Anchor were around involved having fancy recording software. You could use it on your phone still, but you had to have fancy recording software. And then you had to download that recording right. onto something that you could edit it. And so you could put the uh, bumpers on it and put the things in it and add the sound bed to it. And just the taking the recording down and getting it on your computer would take half an hour. Get it right. up onto your podcast feed and then you'd have to promote it and all this stuff. Like getting a, getting a short show out, a five to 10 minute show on a daily basis would take a couple of hours. Right. Um, every time and there wasn't any way to streamline that process you just had to do it the hard way right yeah so it, it, it's it's amazing and and by the way i literally when i say a half an hour my, my shows have been really short i've been doing like these quick tip style shows which is what i think would make perfect sense in the real estate space um so i'm, I'm literally i'm talking about my total time so i'm i'm like if i produce about i may be putting uh about i'm going to talk about it for about 10 minutes and i'm going to select the episode 
and then I'm going to take that and like promote it out to my social networks. Like that's doing. So, so that's that's the benefit is 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 that. So if if Anchor only was on its own platform, I wouldn't see it as being a very worthwhile thing. Um, but because Anchor makes it super easy to get out to iTunes and Google Play and these other places that already have a network and already have their own search engines of people searching for content, I think it's 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 a no brainer. It's a really easy way to get get some of this stuff going. Um, so now th- here's the downside. The downside is, you know, what, what do we what do we know, Richard? When whenever something is free, what does that mean? When, if there's a software or service that's free, what does it mean? It to me, it means if I made if I relied my business on it, I would get screwed because they don't have a profit profit formula in place. And if I put all of my eggs in that basket, it's going to go away. It's not in this case. So we're talking about for you to use, for you to use. So if, if you are not a customer, if, if you're not paying for it, it means you're not the customer, you're the product, right? Yeah. So, so that, that's what's going on with Anchor. Since it's a free platform, um, they, you are their product for one thing. So if, if it ultimately succeeds, they, they have a couple of different ways that they can go about this. They can either, um, you know, they can add advertising into your podcast, which you may or may not be in favor of. Um, they might advertising. If that happens, then it becomes clear, you know, that you're the customer, which is what you want essentially. Um, and then the other aspect is if they don't figure out how to become profitable, started with it could there is that now great play to get started your feet what start producing producing the stuff you you have more of a long-term strategy but always make sure that you're taking these people and you have a call to action to get them into something that you control right get get them onto a list that you control an email list that you control that kind of thing so that if it ever went away um you still have the ability to reach out to these people um, so I, I, I definitely, I do uh, on any of these platforms, you always want to keep in mind, if it's not your own list, if it's not something that you control where you can reach out to these people, whether or not another company exists or, or that kind of thing, um, you, you're in a dangerous position, but all that, all that being said, I still, right now, I still think anger makes sense. I th- still think it's worthwhile if only because the benefit of being able to make podcasting easy is just outweighs the risks to me. What do you think about that, Richard? And honestly, you run into the same risk on every platform, on YouTube and on Facebook, um, of you're, the, you're Facebook's customer, or not, you're not their customer, you're their product. They sell you to advertisers, like me and Zach, who advertise people. Um, right. YouTube. Um, so, um, and because um, I know a lot of people who are doing Facebook Lives, they've started doing ads, and right now you don't get to choose whether or not you want to have those ads show up in the middle of the group, decided they were going to do that, like, eight weeks ago. They're just like, right. Hey, all your, your videos, if they're longer than this long, are going to get an ad in the middle of them. Enjoy. Um, and right. so one of the things that I know that um, you've talked about a little bit is always take your content off of the platform, even if you're using it to create, using that platform to create it easily. So if, right. if you're using Facebook live, if you're using YouTube live, if you're using anchor to create content, take your content and upload it onto your own website, onto your own blog, make sure you're getting people onto your own list because, you just have to realize that all none of these platforms are yours. 
Um, right. So you want to take whatever you produce there and get it onto a platform that is yours. Um, if right. for no other reason than if Facebook decides tomorrow we're not doing video, that's very unlikely, um, and they shut it all off. <laughs> um, you're still able to reach that audience. Don't lose all the content you create. Yeah, yeah. So get get backups of your content. Make sure that you're generating your own audience, your own list, and, and to continue to control, right? So that, that means names, emails, phone numbers, addresses, that kind of information, because if you have that, you're able to reach back out to them. Now, that, those aren't the only ways that you're able to, uh, to, to reach people. So some of these other platforms are going to be worthwhile and useful. Just know that, like, you kind of always want to have that, like, if everything went away, do I still have something that, like, I can use to reach out to these people? Can I, can I take my email list and pull it to a new platform if this email platform got shut down? Um, you know, can you take it with you? That's, that's, that's the question. Can I take the content that I've produced and, and put it somewhere else? Um, uh, that, that's, that's kind of the question. Um, okay, cool. Um, so we talked about podcasting. We talked about anchor. We talked about Facebook live. Uh, again, the other thing too, uh, one of the things that we mentioned, if you, if you're using the Facebook lives, you can strip out the video and use that audio as your podcast as well. Um, it's a bit beyond like exactly how to do that, but you know, that's possible. Um, so like if, if you are good on video, if you want to do video, you can start with a Facebook live and turn that into a podcast. What's um, what's that? You, you recommended a service to me the other day that does that for you automatically strips the video out of Actually, it. I haven't used this service yet myself. So if, if anybody Hard decides to, to use this, yeah, if, if anybody decides to, to use the service, uh, just know I haven't used it myself, so I can't make any guarantees, but it was called uh, repurpose.io, I believe, uh, is is what uh, what it was called. So yeah, it, it, and what it'll do is it, it's supposed to take your video and automatically um, it'll strip out the video and turn it into a podcast and same thing. If you do a podcast first, it'll take your podcast and turn it into a uh, what's called a waveform video um, and then like upload it to places like uh, YouTube and Facebook and whatnot. So um so yeah, there's lots of lots of cool ways to take this content automatically, repurpose it, and reuse it. Uh, so then the the last way to uh, kind of create this easy content, and I, I don't know why we're ending on this one. This one to me is like honestly the least exciting, but hey, it works. Um, is is actually writing these things out. Uh, and so if you're gonna write them, uh, you generally you 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 can start wherever you want to write them, but you're gonna take them and put them into something like a blog post. Now do note actually getting it into something else if you really want to get eyeballs because written content right now is is struggling um in terms of distribution most of the places aren't sharing it as readily as they share other things um so but you can start there you could start by writing something and then you could take that and you can turn it into a different kind of media right so you can take what you've written and uh, either yourself or hire somebody professionally to record the audio for that. Uh, you can take the the audio uh, and what you've you talking through basically what is essentially your blog post. So you can script for and and that could be a, an easy way to turn something you know from that format into a into a format. So, whether it be a podcast or a video, it's you can, like playing a recording on the Facebook Live, which you can do. Uh, so you could like uh, I don't think Be Live does this. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking. I don't think 
they do it easily, uh, but you could use a tool like Ecamm Live. Um, I think there's some other tools that let you play a recording as well. Uh, Richard, any, anything webinar, else? Webinar Jam Session will do that. Um, yeah. But I, just a couple of things on written content. Um, written content kind of has a couple of different rules um, than all the stuff we talked about for content just a minute ago for video and for podcasting. Right. Um, and namely, that's the, they're, um, again, if you, you have to remember the reason you're creating this content is because you're going to share it into social media platforms, um, hoping to get free distribution, and then you're going to use that content to send it to your um, your audience for long-term follow-up, right? right. So, so there's the two aspects of that, and with written content, um, either way, you're going to be able to have the, the automatic follow-up and put them into your your sequences. Um, but if you want to get the free distribution um, and you know Google search engine stuff, content. Um, that written content that get distributed really well. I, mean, I know you and I have talked about this before, Zach, but it's the uh, the listicle, the recipe, and the case study. Um, so you've probably, you've seen these all over Facebook. It's like the top ten things you need to visit in your town um, before you know you die, <laughs> right? right? That's a listicle, um, and you know it's the top five restaurants, the top five um, lawyers in our country, in our county. You know the top five, whatever, right? The, so and five is just an arbitrary number, but you get the idea. It's just a list of things. Listicles, particularly local listicles for people who are in the area, get shared and distributed really well. Um, that's probably the most powerful of the three for the free distribution. Um, the second one, the recipe, is how to do something. So, like, you know, here's how to find the secret, the you know, the the secret uh, hiking trail or whatever. Um, so, re real real quick. And, and I don't know if I'm cutting out or not, but uh, so real quick on the, on the listicle. So keep in mind, like we just talked about in terms of the, of the audio and the video, uh, we talked about a strategy where it's like you could do one restaurant and you can, and you can, you know, review them. Now you could do that, you know, written as well if you wanted to, but note your written content is going to get shared and spread more readily. If, if you did say, a handful of those, if then after that, you took those and you crafted them into a, you know, top five, you know, this type of restaurant or top five restaurants to visit. Because the, the, the top five one is going to get shared better as a written article than your individual, um, your individual post about, you know, a specific business. So the, uh, the listicles are going to probably be the easiest ones to do for this type of content. Not sure how well the, re the uh, recipe type stuff would work, but you see these all the time on Facebook and everything. It's, you know, the three steps to accomplish some goal. Three steps to get your kids to brush their teeth, right? Uh, right. Um, and the only thing I can think of for how do you find this, you know, hidden gem or whatever. Um, but right. it's generally it's how to something. Um, and then the last one is a case study, um, which is how someone got a specific result. And off the top of my head, I can't think of any way you would use that for a local content like this. If I come up with something, right. I'll maybe stick in the comments. But I would generally, for written content and this type of content, listicles are going to be really, really fantastic. Yeah. And so, so your recipes and your case studies, those are going to work really well if you, if you use them as evergreen content for very specific people. So, like, uh, again, we're talking here about content that will help you attract and kind of stay in front of buyers and sellers. Um the, the blog content that works really well to, to really reveal the people who are ready to buy or sell right now would be those how-tos and, and, those, and those case studies. Like how, you know, would work really well, um, which is kind of a combination recipe and case study, um, 
would work really well as like a follow-up if you specifically know somebody is you know interested in buying or selling right now or in that case buying um so like that that's that's where those style that style of content really fits in is you know what the person is is looking to achieve and so you're you're painting a clear picture of how they can achieve that how they can how they can accomplish that um so so it would work well for that it's not going to be the kind of content that's going to work well in in it's not going to work well as your podcast that goes out in general. It's not going to work well as your videos that go out, you know, live to a specific audience. It does work well as a video that you kind of reference back to, um, you know, as a, as a, a clear place for of local, which is what we're talking about here. Yeah, those those last two don't work too, uh, as well, but the listicles the listicles work great. Um, and if you are not looking for the distribution and you just want to have a good article that you can send out to your list of people where, like you, you said, one of the, the you just mentioned um, where you're trying to get someone to raise their hand and say, hey, you know, I'm on your follow up list and I'm now ready to buy or I'm now ready to sell. Right. Like case study is really, really good for that kind of stuff where you can come in and say, hey, I just published this thing, buy a house in this city or sell this house in this city. And his last agent had it listed for this and it didn't sell. We got it to sell for $30,000 over its list price and we did it in 14 days. Um, right. If you're looking to sell and you want to have those kind of results, reach out to me. That's the type of content that I know you mentioned. You don't send that out on a daily basis or a weekly basis, but once every right. couple, you know, every month or so, you stick in one of those pieces of content that is designed specifically to get someone to raise their hand and say, hey, I'm looking to take action right now. You know, something about right. my situation has changed and I want to buy or I want to sell. That's when those recipes and those case studies fit in really really well yeah it, in two ways to me so you can send them out by themselves occasionally so if if, if you as long as you're not sending them out all the time so it's a little bit more of a hard-hitting thing just know people are going to learn ignore your emails uh, so you can send it out or you can do what i would call like the PS method, right? That you're looking for. PS, I just did this really cool thing. If this is something that happens to interest you, reach out to me. Um, and so you can send it as a, uh, you know, along with your entertainment. Um, and the people who who that appeals to, you know, will 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 see it kind of as the PS. Um, so that those are those are the the ways where that where that makes sense. Um, but uh, but yeah, in terms of your actual like day after day after day content it's yeah they, they, they don't perform well there they perform well as a you know sandwiched in amongst entertainment absolutely awesome awesome so th th that that was uh pretty much the extent of of what i was thinking about covering so let's talk a bit about what we have covered uh richard if you if you notice anything that i've missed in this process then feel free we can dive into that too um but we talked a bit about you know what what kind of content makes sense in in a long-term follow-up um, situation where somebody's either done business with you in the past, uh, or or you say haven't been able to get in contact with them, um, it, you know, quick enough to to really know if they're still in the market. This is the kind of content that you can do to build an audience to stay in front of people, so that we know every three to five years somebody does a real estate transaction. How you can follow up with people over that really long period of time um, and let them know that you're a real estate agent without doing so in a way that pisses them off. Uh, and so, the, and again, the way that, that we're recommending doing that is with this really local um, centered content, which is restaurants, um, entertainment, you know, things to do, great parks, great hikes, 
um, basically everything in and around living in your city. And, and we didn't talk about this. What I would recommend, focus largely on the things that you do know if possible. Focus largely on the things that you enjoy personally. It, you will, you will, you will more likely attract the kind of people who will like working with you if you if you focus on the things that you're already passionate about. If you're the kind of person who's out going to restaurants all the time, talk about the restaurants. If you're the kind of person who's out hiking all the time, talk about the hiking. Right? Like like you don't you don't have to necessarily go out and do something brand new in order to make this work. Um, talk about the things that you already know and that you're already passionate about, and you will attract people who are interested and passionate about those same things yeah, as well, which will likely on, be the kind of people in the same vein. With. In the same vein, uh, like every real estate agent I know is in some sort of lead group, like BNI or some of the other ones I can't remember right. the names of right now. Um, right. It, every person in that group is ripe for doing an interview with for your show. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah. And so, you know, hop on the, hop in and be like, hey, I want to do an interview with you and just let my audience know about what you do. Um, right. And so, you know, just keep your, keep your mind open for things like that too. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, so that's the kind of content. Now, the, the key to this is that we're looking for content that will be interesting and engaging, right? We're looking for, for letting people discover things that they may not have otherwise known. Um, so you, you'll want to, you want to be, I, I, honestly, you want to be a little bit careful. Um, if you're doing only business interviews, people may or may not be interested in that. You want to make sure you want to think about who is your market? What are the kinds of things that they'd be interested in? And ask yourself that. Ask yourself, is what I'm about to share, is that something that they'd be interested in? And it doesn't have to be that, you know, directly real estate related. Just would this be something that they'd find interesting? It's okay if not everything is like game-changing interesting. You just have to ask, is this some, you know, somebody who lives in my area, would the, would they be interested to know, you know, a really good lawyer, right? Is that something that would they would find useful? It's not going to be the kind of content that you're going to be able to do like a long I, time on. Go ahead. I like to um, remember, keep in mind um, what I call the three E's. Um, I think I okay. got this from Tony Robbins. Um, but when you're creating content, it's educate, empower, entertain, right? So you want to educate right. them about your local market. You want to right. empower them to go and see and do things and have connections that they wouldn't have had otherwise. And you want to entertain right. them while you're doing it. Um, and if you can right. hit those three things, you can, you'll build an audience. Yeah, and and if you in, in this case for this style of content, um, so so really like you can you can pull from these, right? Um, your goal is as often as possible to be entertaining. If you can't be entertaining, try and be educational. Um, and and if you if you can't be those things, try and be empowering. And either way, you kind of stack these things together. The more of them you have, the better. If something's educational, uh, entertaining, and empowering it's going to be more powerful than if it was just one or the other of these. But, um, but your goal is to have at least one. Um, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so, so, the, so we talked about, so that, that's the kind of content, right? And the reason why is because people on average are not, you know, thinking about doing a real estate transaction through that whole three to five year pop process. There, there's a period of time where they're actually interested in real estate. Um, and so we use this as our way to stay in front of people long-term. Uh, and so some of the ways that you can do that, you can do exactly what Richard and I are doing right now with a Facebook Live. Uh, you can do that from your phone, do that like while you're in a restaurant, while you're at a store, while you're on a hike, interview people, you know, both of you on the camera at the same time. And, uh, and, and Facebook Live then allows you to uh, take that video and like republish it on something like, like YouTube. Um, some Some platforms even, like the more advanced you get into it in the long run, you can even like, 
uh, simultaneously live broadcast on Facebook, YouTube, Periscope, all you know, all of that stuff. Um, but just starting out, we we really like Facebook right now. Um, so you can do the 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 videos, you can do the live, you can do audio, uh, and you can do um, you can use Anchor as the the app that we recommended that really makes that easy and simple and quick to get into. Um, you, you may outgrow it, you may you know, decide that you want to do different things in the long run, but it's a great place to get started. And then finally, we talked about, you know, writing, starting from writing first and how you can use assemble this information into something that people will potentially share. And all of this content can, can so you can take your written words and record audio of that, that written word, take that audio, put it together with slides, and now you've got a video. Um, you can take your videos get those, uh, strip out the video, and now you've got the audio for a podcast. Um, you can take that audio, get that transcribed, and now you can actually turn that into a blog post. And same thing with your audio, you can get that transcribed and put together with a video. Um, you can take that transcription and turn it into a blog post. So all the different types of content can become you know, whatever you need them to be. Um, but the key is to start with whatever is, is uh, easiest for you to get going with, wherever you feel most comfortable, so that you don't have the excuses to not get started. So yeah, I think I think that pretty much covers uh, everything that I wanted to cover. That's that's what we got going on for you. Uh, one thing I do have for you guys, I didn't mention this at the beginning of this. I just wanted to hop in straight to the straight to the content. But I have a free gift that you guys can get called Ultimate Lead Machine. And I didn't. I normally set up a thing so that you can drop a comment. I didn't get that set up for this one this time. Um, but if if you guys want Ultimate Lead Machine, it's really easy for you to get. All you got to do is text lead tips and i'm gonna go ahead and write that out here lead tips to 444-999 so that's lead tips to 444-999 what what ultimate lead machine is is it's is it's my framework that i've put together um that talks about you know once you've generated the lead what do you do after there right like so we just talked about a really good strategy for that long-term follow-up process but this talks about what is the what does the short-term follow-up process look like right like if you get if you get a lead that mentioned that they're looking to buy a house, right? You're not going to send them to the information about what's going on in the community as your first way of contacting them. You're going to talk to them very specifically about buying a house first. Um, so we talk about everything that's involved in that process, what to do when somebody first becomes a lead, how you follow up with them, what to do if you can't get in contact with them, what to do if you can get in contact, but their way uh, how long before they're planning on doing business. So we cover that whole thing. We teach you exactly um, A to B, what that process looks like, how every lead should be processed, no matter what state they end up being in. Uh, and, and we put together that course completely free for you. You can get that by texting lead tips. That's L-E-A-D-T-I-P-S, uh, one word, to 444-999. And we'll, uh, we'll send you back instructions on how you can get access to that. Uh, so that that is uh, that is the show. Richard, Absolutely. thank you for Thanks coming for having on. me on. Yeah, thank you for anybody who uh, who watched this, whether live or watching the replay. Uh, again, if if uh, if you're watching this after the fact, drop us a comment. Let us know if you have any questions. We'd be glad to get uh, get those answered for you. And otherwise, uh, we're doing these at 2 p.m. Pacific time uh, right now, Monday through Friday, unless we happen to accidentally miss a day. Uh, but Monday through Friday, we've got We're gonna have great content for you. Not really gonna be as long as this one was. To be uh, necessarily depending on uh, the, the people we're bringing on too. So um, come back and uh, we'll have good information.
for you. Monday, thanks again, and uh, see you guys on the uh, on the next one. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Real Estate Growth Hacker Show. Remember, done is better than perfect. To turn the marketing ideas and tactics you just learned into real growth for your real estate business, visit us at realestategrowthhackers.com. If you like this episode, consider sharing it with another real estate professional who could benefit from the information. Or maybe you'd like to subscribe to the show to never miss an episode. And you can leave a rating or review on iTunes with your biggest takeaway, helping this show to reach and help more people just like you. Thanks again, and we'll see you on the next episode.